Father's Day to all the fathers out there. It was a year and a half ago where I was going to drive out here from Florida, and I was going to go with one of, my, one of my good friends, Josh, from the church in Florida, and he had caught COVID right before, like the day or two before, and my father actually said, you know what, I'll, I'll drive across the country with you last minute, so I always think of, of that time a year and a half ago, but uh, this, that year and a half is actually coming to an end at my time in the desert. Uh, because my wife and I, we got full-time ministry positions, actually in the Atlanta Church of Christ. Thank you so much. And uh, my last two weeks here, last week I had COVID, and I thought, you know, this is not how I want to go out. I want to go out just glorifying the Father with my with my with my brothers and sisters. And thankfully, uh, God allowed that to happen. And i got one more chance to speak to all of you today, so I'm grateful for that. I have a couple of pictures from the past year and a half, and just the leadership, and I was, I was sad. I, got to, I had to miss the last all-IE uh, uh, staff meeting, but to some of these people in this group, and my prayer is that we just become a, a church that's filled with, with more grace for, for leadership, and it doesn't have to be just leadership on staff but also family group leaders or just your discipler, just a church that's filled with more grace. So that will be my prayer and my challenge for you guys. But um, the people in this picture mean so much to me, uh, the Gonzaleses, the Sweeneys, and, you know, uh, you guys don't know, but Roy and I know, like, Roy and I are very opposite people, <laughs> you know, and I am not nearly as talented as, as Roy and I'm just so grateful, like, even though we've been different, like, I could never be up here in just a t-shirt because I don't have that type of talent, but you do, bro. (laughs) I have to disguise my talent, but you are so talented, bro, and as as different as we are, I've always respected you, and uh, I've just seen you the way you loved up on VJ, and, uh, you know, you really helped me grow, and I had to to humble myself because I'm like, man, I'm older than this dude. (laughs) But, <laughs> but uh, I've, I've just appreciated you, bro, and I've learned a lot from you. And, uh, and you know, Danielle, I don't know if you're human because I've never seen someone that's always so happy. <laughs> and, you know, I've, Scott's been so awesome to me. Like, there's a reason why I came all the way from Florida is because like, I wasn't really getting the opportunities. And, you know, no, no matter what doors God opens, even if I lead the most successful church, like, uh, like healthy-wise, I'm never above you, Scott. And I'm just grateful for the chance you gave me. And uh, I, g- I gave Aaron his, his flowers at Kids Kingdom, but Aaron's a great brother, too. And these are just some of the pictures I had. I didn't have the pictures of everybody. But, you know, Aaron teaching me how to I'll lead a family group. And then, you know, just seeing, like, the next man up, like, Chevelle and Aaron are going to take over the family group. And that's what the church should be. Like, just the people who are ready, willing, and able. I know, you know, Cole said he's going to willing to help out. You have Ted there. Uh, Ted was part of my wedding. I was part of his wedding. Like, it's been amazing, amazing time here. And then 
My man, VJ. VJ, I wanted to get your baptism so bad, and I wasn't feeling good, and I tried to sleep and have a coffee and make it, but it wasn't happening, and I'm just so glad to see you, and I'm just so grateful to see a church that just loves up on their people, and it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing, VJ. I love you. But today's sermon is called Glorify the Father, and I'm going to need a Bible. So I talked about just being able to glorify God, you know, one more, one more time. Romans 15, uh, verse 6 says, So that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's an honor for me here to be able to, to do that, to honor, to honor God one last time with you guys. And I'm going to pray. Father God, thank you so much for everyone in this church, God, everyone that has poured into me and my wife and has shown me just the generosity and the love. And, you know, sometimes we get so caught up, we've been a part of the same church for so long that we don't see just all the great things that this church has to offer. And there's so many people with great marriages, great just career and spiritual life and and children coming to faith and There's so much this church has to offer, God, and I pray that people can see what the church has to offer, God, and they can also uh, just continue to grow, grow in spiritual health, grow in numbers, grow in in all things, Father God. Just continue to be healthy, God. So thank you. Be with my sermon today. Get me out of the way. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to start, we're going to be in Romans 15 today, and we're going to start verse 1 through 3 in Romans 15. It says, we who are strong are to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our, our neighbors for their good, to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. So I have a point today, and then Scott's going to preach the rest of the points. But my point is to follow Jesus. And what does that really mean practically? Because we can just say follow Jesus, but what does that really mean? And Jesus is someone who who cared about others. His eyes weren't fixed on himself, but he was fixed on others, how he could build others up. Those who are strong are to bear with the the failings of the weak. See, it doesn't do any good if if you're sitting here every Sunday and you're feeling good and you're feeling great. You have a spiritual responsibility to help your brothers and sisters that aren't where they spiritually would, lo- would like to be, right? And sometimes our brothers and sisters, they just need someone to listen to them. Sometimes a brother or sister, they can just say, you know, I just let everything out on their heart, and you don't even have to say a word, and they just feel better. And we just want to be brothers and sisters that are there for each other because, you know, I know there's times where I've been there for people, but there's times when I've needed other people too, so it doesn't matter if you're spiritually feeling strong. There's going to be a time when you're going to need your brothers and sisters. So continue to care for them, even when they're spiritually not doing well, when they hurt you, when they sin against you. You know, if you're part of the church long enough, it will happen. But then there's going to be a time when you need them and vice versa. 
We're going to uh, jump down to verse uh, Romans 15, verse 10 through 13. Actually, I'm sorry. I want to go to I want to go to verse 5 through 6. That's all right. We're going to go to we're going to go to uh, Romans uh, Romans 15, 5 through 6. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That call of unity that's God's asking for. See, there's so many people that don't know God, and if you don't know God, I want to encourage you to get to know Him. But people outside the Christian walls, they think that we're just divided, that there's so many denominations and we can't even get along. And even in this room, we have different thoughts and different hermeneutics on the scriptures and interpretations. But in the end, are we going to be a church that loves each other? And I think that we are a church that loves each other, but I think we can take it a step further. And the scripture says the God that gives endurance and that endurance, some scriptures say, some translations say patience. And I want to share this story for the encouragement and to hopefully, if you can see yourself in this story and the prayers that you're working with, the God who gives endurance and encouragement. So I wanted to go into the full-time ministry in 2016, 2017. And, you know, those doors, those doors weren't being open. And I would go to campus minister meetings. I would go to everything I could. I would fix my work schedule to go to meetings and just the doors were not opening. And I really, like God really allowed me to put in a lot of work behind the scenes that just, I don't need credit for, but I really worked really hard behind the scenes to get into ministry. And, you know, sometimes, and this is a bonus point, that God's timing is not our timing. So sometimes that prayer that we've been praying for five years, six years, ten years, fifteen years, God is preparing us so that we can glorify him maybe the longer that we wait. And it's important to pray that our our will lines up with God's will. Sometimes it is a no. Sometimes it's just a not right now. But God wants to give you the endurance and the encouragement, whether it's to start a business, to go back to school, to whatever, whatever it may be, get married. It might just be not right yet. But he wants to give you, he's a God of endurance and he's a God of encouragement. And we'll go to Romans 15, 10 to 13. Again, it says, rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Let all the people extol him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will spring up on one who will arise to rule over all the nations. In him, the Gentiles will hope. See, we have the Jews and the Gentiles, those who knew God and those who didn't know God. And God wants everyone to excitedly give him praise. And I think about this last year and a half, and he's so excited about these relationships that have come to God and all the people that have poured into these people from Ted's baptism, Manny's baptism, uh, BJ's baptism, Johnny's restoration. God really moved through this church and the people here. And God is so excited. It's like 
we have something that the world wants so bad, that joy and that peace, and we should want to tell our friends, our neighbors, our family. Right? I understand in some sense how my wife's family, how she was able to baptize her sisters because she's constantly praying for her family. And, you know, I want to pray for my earthly father because he doesn't have a relationship with the father yet. But we should want to, every chance we get to bring our friends and family. And I've seen so many people, I've just been encouraged. We were studying the Bible and I saw Aaron on there. Aaron's taking his time. He's about to have a baby. He's coming to these Bible studies. And Ted's newly married, coming to these Bible studies. And there's a lot of people in this church that make time, that take time out of their day. And I hope you guys see that because that's not always the case. And I've been part of a few churches, and that's not always the case where people want to take time out of their day for people they don't know. And that's is very special. And I'm going to finish off here and give glory to God in verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, we should have hope in God, a joy and a peace that surpasses all understanding. And we have that because we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. And if you don't know God today, no, I told you like five, six years ago, I wanted to be a minister. And five, six years ago, I couldn't name you one Bible verse in this whole book. I couldn't tell you anything. John 3.16, I wouldn't know it. And if you don't know any Bible verse, that's okay. But to really study it out, study what baptism is and having the gift of the Holy Spirit when you're baptized, I really, you'd be so silly not to read this book because it's really, it changes, it changes lives. Amen? All right, well, thank you for your time. I'm going to pray one more time and then my wife is going to uh, just speak about just her time here. Uh, Father God, we just want to give you all the glory. We want to lift your name, God. We want to lift up this church, God, and all the pillars in this church and the people that have really, there's so many people, I couldn't put every single person in the picture, but there's so many people that love this church, God, and I pray that you be with them. And the people that aren't spiritually where they maybe want to be, God, I pray that you just have your arm over them, that they will seek some of these people that just are faithful and loyal for all these years, God, that have poured their hearts into this ministry. They've poured their time into this ministry, God. There are this, There's so many people in this church, God, and I do not think people realize how special the desert is, how there's so many couples that you can really go to for guidance, and there's and we might not think there's a lot of young people, but there's a, there's a lot of young people still. When, when it comes down to just getting time with people, there's tons of people in this church that you can learn from. And I pray that you continue to be a church that just has people full of wisdom, God. We thank you, Lord, and we pray all these things in your, in your, in your son's name. Amen. So my wife, Erica, is just going to share a little bit about her time uh, here in the desert. All right. Out. But good, e- good evening, church, and happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Uh, so grateful for you all. And as my husband shared, we will be moving to uh, Georgia. Uh, we're excited, but we will miss you all so, so, so much. All right. Uh, I saw those pictures, and I was like, I'm not going to get emotional. And I saw them like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to cry. But I'm going to hold it together, guys. I'm going to hold it together. Okay. So I want to share about the church and how the church glorify the Father by mirroring his image, which is love, and to love generously as he does. 
I'm so blessed to have been a part of a church that loved God and others. Moving here from Philadelphia to California was very tough for me. <laughs> Leaving a place that I had known all my life, a place with all my family and friends, was devastating. But God knew what he was doing, sending McCall and I to the desert. My first Sunday here at the Desert City Church wasn't overwhelming, but heartwarming. The amount of love and support we received was awe-inspiring. To the Sweeney's, and this is the part where I was just like, don't cry. <laughs> to the Sweeney's, we thank you. Okay. Okay. To the Sweeney's, we thank you for believing in us. I've seen Macau grow so much in the last couple of months. Scott, thank you for putting Macau under your wings and teaching him how to lead effectively. Okay. Okay. Thank y'all. Thank you so much for loving and caring for me. All that you have taught me about ministry was safe for me forever. To the Desert Cities Church, we love you all so much. Each person here has helped us, helped mold us to the men and women of God we are today. We learned how to lead a family group, serve others before ourselves, and got trained in ministry. <laughs> also got great training on how to raise a child serving in kids' kingdom, so that's definitely a plus. <laughs> so thank you for the bottom of our hearts for having us over for dinner or taking us out for dinner. We love food. <laughs> Thank you for checking in on our marriage to making sure we're putting God first. So all those who checked in on us, we appreciate you guys so, so much. And may the Father continue to be exalted and glorified for all that he is doing. God is moving in such a great, great way here at the Desert City Church. May he continue to be glorified with all the victories he has won and will continue to win. And I wanted to share a scripture in Matthew 5:16, and it reads, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Thank you for allowing us to share. We love you all. Wow, that was really special, guys. Thank you so much for sharing your hearts, and not just for today, but just how you've really given your hearts to the church, how you've poured yourselves out. Uh, there's so many people that were touched by you, and it was always like they're sending me texts like, oh, I'm getting with this person, and I'm getting this, this family's having me over for dinner, and you know, I'm getting with these four people today. And I just appreciate your guys' love that you really uh, gave to the church, and I think you said the church loved you, but you also loved back, so I really appreciate that, and uh, about a year, you know, when, I remember when you guys were first coming here, when Mikhail was first coming here, basically my advice to him was like, just just learn from the church, this is a great church, so you're going to come here, you're going to learn from me, but just, just soak it in, there's so many families, and so much hospitality, love, encouragement, wisdom, right here that I don't have to do that much because you're going to get it from everybody else at the same time. And, uh, you know, it's just so encouraging. I know I did. I told him, I said, I promise you, you come here for a year, you're going to get a job somewhere, <laughs> you know, because of just, just knowing the church here. 
and knowing, you know, after we had talked for so long, I knew his passion and that God really gives us the desires of our hearts. So uh, we're so grateful for you. It kind of hit me this week. I was just like, oh, man, I don't really want to go to this uh, church this Sunday because this is going to be it for Mikhail and, and Erica, you know, and I think you guys have really uh, been the wind beneath our wings, even being here and just knowing that the singles are in great hands and the campus and the teens and everybody else that he's been uh, with. And so uh, we're really going to miss you. And I was going to share about you. I'm going to share about you a little bit later there, but I get a little head start. So as we continue uh, with the sermon, you know, you guys pretty much did a full sermon here. So I'm going to cut a lot of this out for a little Father's Day present for some of you guys. We'll get out of here early. But uh, my point is glorifying the Father, sharing his blessings. You know, that God has blessed you and me incredibly. And really the way that we, if you want to please him, you just pass those blessings on. I think you guys have been a great example of that. But I love this chapter, <clears throat> excuse me, in Romans 15, where they're just passing on the blessings that God has already given them. And... Um, why don't we, uh, you know, as we get started here, a couple of just small things. Next week, we're doing that agape meal at in the fellowship hall. We've never done that before, so you're probably, some of you are probably like, hey, what is that? Like, is that church? And like, up in, for the first, like, 200 and something years of the church, that was church. They just got together, and they had a meal, and they took communion, and different people talked. And that was church for about 200 years until like the mid-200s. And so that is church. It's called, we're going to call it the agape meal, which is just a love feast. And so we're going to get together. What do you guys need to do? Bring salads or sides or desserts. Okay, that's all you got to remember. Salads, sides, and desserts for you and, say, another family. And we'll have plenty of food. We're going to bring the chicken. We're going to cook up some chicken and bring that out. And then we'll have the salads and everything that you guys bring. We'll have all the paper goods. We're going to bring all the water will be provided. So anything you want to drink other than water, you can bring that too. And we'll have coffee too. And so uh, it's going to be fun. Just a short, like maybe 10-minute talk on Romans 16. And a lot of it's going to be just enjoying the fellowship and uh, all the kids with us. It's going to be a big party. Uh, over there. So uh, we're looking forward to it. It's, I'm sure it'll be a, quite an adventure. And then uh, in two weeks when we're having our midweek service, you might be wondering, what is this reconstruction, deconstruction, all this stuff? Show up on that night and you'll figure that all out. But basically we're talking about how do we look at the last three years of our church? How, how do we put that in perspective? Like what happened like to all of us? And how are we going forward, really, the vision that we have for the church? We've been talking about this for a long time, praying about this uh, particular week. I think uh, Danielle kind of started it a little, kicked it off last week with the women for midweek. I heard it was amazing, and I heard it online. It was amazing. And so if you want to know what's going on, listen to that midweek. It will kind of give you a little preview of what's going on. And basically, all of us growing in our faith. And we want to be a place where we can process our faith at church, where if, if you're struggling, if you have questions, if you don't know what you believe, if you're not sure about church or whatever, like this should be a good place to figure that out with God, with his people, with the Bible. 
that we want to, like Mikhail said, we want to be a place where if you're weak and you're hurting and you're questioning, then this is the church for you. And really to have that be a safe place where God is forming us. I've thought things the last three years that I never thought in my entire life. I learned things that I never knew in my entire life. And there was a, it's a good thing, just digging into, wow, why do I do this? Why do I believe this? Why do we do this at church? Why don't we do this at church? How come this person doesn't feel welcome at church? How come some people come and they love it and other people come and they go, this is not my people. I'm never coming back. Yes, that's all happened. And so we're going to talk about that and really how is God working? Because God is working in all those things. That wasn't even part of the lesson, but that's. On my heart, obviously, as you could tell, that's on my heart. And I want to wish everybody a happy June, uh, Juneteenth also today, which is uh, July 9th, uh, June 19th, when the 13th Amendment was signed. That was something that three years ago, I never even heard of that. I didn't know what that was. And that just shows you how ignorant I was, because that's a big part of a lot of our, our friends and our population, and really where most people feel like that's when we were really free. It wasn't 1776, it was 1865, and even then it wasn't really quite all the way until later, because you could, anyway, I won't get into all that. (laughs) If you know what Juneteenth is, you know what I was going to say next, so I don't have to say it. But it's just awesome that we are learning and growing, and we are opening up our minds to what other people, to our brothers and sisters around us. And, and just that, that's what this whole book of Romans is about. Like Darren said beautifully last week, that it was the Jewish church. All the Jews got kicked out of Rome for five years, and they came back, and they're like, hey, what's wrong with our church? You changed everything. This isn't how we do church. And they were like, no, this is how we do church now. And the book of Romans is basically telling all the Jews, hey, guess what? We're doing church like this now. We're not doing church like that anymore. And so if you want to be a part of the church, then the Gentiles are going to be there too. And we're all going to go and we're all going together. And we got to let go of all that. And if you think you were weak, maybe you were. If you think you were strong, maybe you weren't as strong as you thought you were. Maybe that was just pride. Maybe that was just arrogance. Maybe that was just your experience. That's what Romans was saying to all the Jews because they felt like they were better. Now you see where we're... This is really what we need to be talking about. And this was the whole point of the book of Romans. I don't know how I'm going to get to all this, but... <clears throat> what are we going to say? Well, let's just see where we, what happens. Spiritual formation. That is really the whole point of your life, if you're a Christian, is to be like Christ. And God is putting you in all kinds of situations and with all kinds of things in your life to help you to be like Christ. He's given you encouragement. He's given you confidence. He's given you challenge. And he's given you heartache. All of that is to help you become like Christ. And mostly the heartache, because that's what Jesus went through, right? He knew all the sin in the world every day. Can you imagine walking through the world and seeing the sin of every single person that you talk to, even sin that they never even told anyone, 
You were aware of it. I mean, that is what Jesus carried. I mean, we talk to one person, and they have a little problem, and it's overwhelming. But Jesus took that to God every day, and he was motivated to go to the cross saying, you know what, I'm going to change that. I'm going to break that sin. I'm going to break all these things that are happening. You think you're revolutionary? Jesus was really revolutionary. He said, I'm going to change this world forever. And it was amazing. Spiritual formation, he says, um, okay, there we go. That's not even the right scripture, so there we go. Okay, maybe I'll just skip that one then. You can read it. He says, you are competent to instruct one another. Right? If you read through the book of Romans, if I was in the church there, I wouldn't feel like I was very competent by the end of that book. Because Jesus is basically, I mean, Paul's basically saying, you thought you had it all figured out and you had it all wrong. And you, you thought you were doing really good spiritually, but you fall short of, of God and now you need Jesus because you're a mess. Just like the Gentiles are a mess. And so sometimes you might feel like, hey, can, can we learn from each other? Can we help each other? Because you're a part of that process. We're all a part of that process for each other. You don't just become like Jesus just with you in the book. right? It's you in the book, and it's people all around you. And the problem that they had in the church there was thinking like, well, I can't learn from this person. I'm a Jew. I can't learn from this person. They only they didn't even know who Jesus was until like a they didn't even know God for like till five years ago. How are they supposed to teach me? And God's like, no, maybe they're teaching you how to love. Because last time I checked, you don't need a degree or even as much of a spiritual history to kind of say that was loving and that was not loving. <laughs> You know, that was like Jesus, and that was not like Jesus. And sometimes we think it's all about all the stuff we know in our head. He's like, no, a lot of it, stuff you learn is from your kids, and they're like, hey, that wasn't very nice, Dad. They don't know much, but they can point some of that out, and they're like, that's helping me be like Jesus. And so we can learn from anybody. And really, if anybody's telling you that, hey, I've been a Christian for so long and all this, like, what is that? That's just pride. Because we're just trying to be like Jesus. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. Are you being like Jesus? I don't think Jesus walked around every day and said, well, I've been with God since the creation of the world. I'm pretty awesome. You know when the last time I sinned was? Never. <laughs> that was not the attitude that Jesus gave off. And if we feel like, if you have to give me your spiritual resume, then no thanks. You know, you can, you can have that. But let's just be brothers. Let's just learn from each other. I learned so much from people that you would never imagine. Just because they, they say what's on their mind. And you're like, okay. I wasn't thinking about that, but now I, you, you brought that to my attention. And that is an awesome thing. And the thing I love about Paul is that he was a humble apostle. And when you think about, when I think about Paul, I don't think about a, him as a humble apostle. My first thought is not Paul and humility. Is that yours? 
I don't think I don't necessarily think that way, right? Because he said, oh, "I'm the I'm a great Jew. I'm the tribe of Benjamin. I'm amazing. I'm the best Jew ever." You know, basically in my own you know Sweeney version, I'm the best Jew ever. You know, you can't even be better than me. I was I was perfect, but Paul was humble because God humbled him, and he accepted it. Right? He was thrown off of his horse. He was going against Jesus, and God just threw him off his high horse. You ever wonder where that saying came from? It came from him. How would you like, yeah, remember that saying, that get thrown off your high horse? Yeah, it was me. Because he was so prideful, and he was so going against God that God just slapped him down. It said he threw him off the horse, and he was blind. He was humbled. Ever been humbled? Don't raise your hand. Yeah, we've all been humbled. That's how most of us get humbled, right? We don't just wake up and we're like so humble. We God throws us off our high horse and we're like, okay, God, I'm listening. What do you want me to know? And he was open at that time, and it says later on that he got a thorn in his flesh. And a lot of people think that he couldn't see. That was his thorn in his flesh. It might have been guilt because he used to kill Christians and then he would have to see their families at church. That would be kind of like a thorn in the flesh every time you go to a church and you go, oh my gosh, I killed this person's parents. That would be, imagine those reconciliation talks, you know, after church. Hey, Paul, I want to tell you how, how you messed up my life. Wow, that could, be, that could be rough. But he had a thorn in his flesh and yet he was all... Even there, he had a passion to save the lost. You know, he was an apostle, a great apostle that wrote a lot of the Bible, but he was also just sharing the good news, an apostle with a little a. And that's my challenge for all of us is we we can't be the big apostle, but we can be a little apostle. It basically just means someone who brings good news. You don't have to have a degree. You don't have to be paid by the church or anything like that. And I I put this guy in here, uh, Pero and Chick. Anybody ever, anybody ever seen this guy? I haven't either. He, he, he's the president of the Basketball Federation of Macedonia. And his qualifications, he was in the NBA for two years. And now he's head of all basketball in Macedonia. He had a great six-point average in the NBA. That's not that great. <laughs> But better than me and better than all of us, right? But my, my, just my reason for putting that in there is because I think of that Macedonian man that Paul heard the cry. He listened to the Spirit. He wanted to go to Asia, and God said, no, don't go that way. Go this way. And I think that's the Spirit that God wants us to listen to. Who is God leading you to? Who is God putting on your heart? Who is God crossing your paths with? I don't know, but if you think and you're in touch with the Spirit, it's, it's always somebody. God's always, sometimes he's changing our plans, but he wants us to be a church of humble apostles. Maybe you're not naturally humble, but you allow God to humble you. You learn the lessons that he puts in your life, and you take that Spirit to people that he is leading you to. And uh, anyways... Um, I had this interesting thing happen this week. We had an amazing uh, Bible study with uh, Kamal back there and in the park. And it was 
great study, and we're finishing, and this guy walks up at the end, probably like 65 years old, 60, and he's like, hey, what are you reading? You know, and he could see the Bible, so he knew we were reading the Bible, and he kind of prayed with us at the end of the study. It was kind of it was kind of weird, but it was kind of cool at the same time. It was, you know, a little bit of both. And so he came up, and he had the final prayer, and he prayed with us as we prayed for Kamal and his family. And, and then they left, and he stuck around. And, you know, you get the feeling when someone just wants to talk. It was one of those, you know. So it was kind of I – I didn't really have anything going on the next hour, so I just stuck around. And he starts telling me little by little, and then he got to what he really wanted to tell me. And I wanted to share this because it it was like a wow. It was a wow moment. He's like, when my mom was 14, she was in a car accident. And she went through the windshield. And she was in a coma for a year. So he's telling me this story. And I'm like, wow. So his mom's in a coma for a year. And then he said that, you know, she came out of it a year later. The whole time the doctors were saying she's not going to make it. Pull the plug. This isn't going to work. It's over. Just accept it. And says she came out of the coma, and she said that Jesus came and held her hand every day. And he told her two things. You're going to be okay, and don't listen to the doctors. And that was just so cool. He's like, you're going to be okay. And you know this guy, he has all the degrees. Don't listen to him. I just thought that was awesome because it shaped his life. That was his life. That was the most important thing that ever happened in his life, and he wasn't even alive. And he's carried that with him. He says his mom went on to sing in all these churches and get her Ph.D. So not only did she not have brain damage, but she was better than ever, I guess. And he had this deep faith. And and as we just talked and we connected and it was just like this God moment, I'm like, wow, this is is what it means to be led by the Spirit. Where you don't know what's coming, it just comes. And when it comes, you know it's there. And so that's my encouragement is to be humble and be apostles. That you have the good news right there. And I don't want to share his name because he might come out to church sometime. um, And... uh, the rest of the chapter, I'm going to let you read on your own, okay? You can see my points. Loving and sacrificing financially. They were given to the poor Christians in Jerusalem. Paul said, I'm going to come back through here on my way to Spain, and you're going to get to help me out and pay for my trip. You know, so it was, they were just, their money wasn't their own. They just wanted to help each other. That's the guys I think of that, of uh, Show Me the Money, or Jerry Maguire. And probably older people know what I'm talking about there. And then they went through faithful, they were faithful in struggles and joy. That they went through it together. It, was, it wasn't easy. They struggled. They, they, they wrestled. They, had, they believed in God the whole time, and God gave them joy. And I think that's a beautiful thing when you struggle together and overcome, and you see what God is doing. Because sin is fleeting. It, it just comes in a second, and it messes up your life. If you think about sin, think about something that you did that you, didn't, you, you weren't happy about, you weren't proud of, something you don't want to talk about at church probably. 
Maybe it lasted for an hour, and sometimes that one hour can mess up years. It can mess up decades. It can mess up families. Like just that one thing. Go, man, that looks so great. If I just give in to this, if I just go that way, if I just do this one thing, it's going to be great. And it just messes up your life. It's so fleeting. It's so useless. And at the end, we're just like, man, that was the stupidest thing I ever did. What was I thinking? For that one hour, messed up my whole life. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to. If they could have one hour to do over, we'd do it over. We, can't, we don't get it back. So as Christians, don't give up your life for one hour. Don't give up your faith, your marriage, your kids, whatever, for one hour. You get home from work and you're about ready to yell, just don't do that. Don't mess up your family because you're angry and you're upset and you're beside yourself. And maybe that's one for the dads. That's kind of where we can go, right? We get upset and we, get, we, we just go off for like five minutes. And it just messes up our families for weeks. And we're apologizing and we're going back over it. Honey, I'm sorry. And just pray. Maybe pray before you get home. Don't just don't give up your family. Don't mess up for it. For five minutes, you mess up your life. And the great thing is with Christ, when we do that, and we all do that, even though we don't want to do that, we can start over. We can get forgiveness. And that's what we're going to celebrate as we take communion together. And I love thinking about Jesus. And um, in all that he went through, he was close to his father. Father's Day, man. When I think about Jesus and his father. It says he went into the wilderness for 40 days and he was struggling to the point of death. He was starving. He was not in a good place. And it says that he was with the wild animals and angels attended him. And you can imagine him holding on to his father's words. Man doesn't live on bread alone. But on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Him just hearing his father's words. Don't put your father to the test. You know, worship him and none other. And you just see that how we as men and women, we we think of sometimes when we're in a tough spot, we just try to think about what what would my dad say right now? How do I how do I get out of this? How do how do I make sense of this? And that was Jesus out in the wilderness listening to his father's voice. It wasn't just that he had a good quiet time, and he was connected to his father. And then I love when he went up to the mountain on the week of his death. It says he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. And I've always thought that he was transfigured so that the disciples would see it, right? That just inspire them of who Jesus is, that he was like a lightning person. 
But today, as I was reading it, I was thinking that maybe Jesus was transfigured for him as God's encouraging him. That he, this body means nothing. That you're going to get this new body soon. And as he was going to the cross, I bet he needed that encouragement. Talking with Moses and Elijah, he wasn't, doesn't, I don't get the feeling that he was encouraging them. They were already in heaven. They were encouraging him because he needed it. I would love to know what they had talked about just there with Jesus. And then later on in the same interaction, it says, While he was speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. If you want to know how to be a good father, that's it right there. Those three things. This is my son. There's a connection. There's a relationship. There's an identity. There's a kind of a pride there. That's my boy right there. Whom I love. That of all the qualities, that was the thing that God wanted him to have. Unconditional love. And with him, I am well pleased. I'm proud of you. He done good. That's what every child wants. Those three things. If you're a parent, you could give them just some of those. That's a good way to go. That's what God did. And then he takes it a little further and says to listen to him. To me, that's a Father's Day moment. That is the Father's Day moment. And then when Jesus is on the cross, there was a couple thieves that were up there with him. And you know the story of the one thief that made it to heaven and he made it in at the last second, right? Like an hour left. He just made it right under the, right under the door as it was closing. He, he slid under. And I keep thinking about, why was that thief there? What, what was that all about? Like, that has nothing to do with the, the story. It doesn't change the story. I think that thief was there to encourage Jesus. He's suffering, and he looks over, and he's like, even at the last second, people are responding to this call. Even if he's tempted, like, is this all worth it? He could say, man, I'm just, that had to be so encouraging for Jesus. And God, just having that person live their entire life so they would be up on that cross for six hours with Jesus. That was the purpose of that person's life. And God put all those experiences in there just to encourage his son at the last second. Man, he's done that for all of us. And I pray as we take communion today that we think about our fathers, but we think about our heavenly father and how he's working in all of our lives. Thank you, guys. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time to be together. We thank you that you are the, that good father that we sang about. Help us to come to you to hear those words that you are speaking to us. This is my son. This is my daughter whom I love, whom I gave my very best for. And with them I am well pleased. 
I thank you that you feel that way about us, God, because I know that the only reason we deserve it is because of what you have given us. And we're so grateful. I pray as we think about Jesus' sacrifice, that, that forgiveness and encouragement and fatherly love can come to us as you wash our sins away and remind us of our sins that are washed away. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.